Hello and welcome back to Out on That Line. Now this week is the moment you've all been waiting for, that we've all been waiting for, for all of 2021. It is the best and worst of 2021 brought to you by Out on That Line. You may have heard of the Grammys, the ACMs, the CMAs, but the real big one, the one that you want to win, the trophy you want to bring home is right here on this podcast, and we're going to tell you who wins it tonight. I'm here with my co-host, Alex. My name is Jeff. Alex, how are you doing this week? I am feeling goofier than a pet raccoon, Jeff. I've been looking <laughs> forward to this. I could run through a fucking brick wall tonight, baby. Let's do this thing. Let's rip it. Fuck yeah, brother. Yeah. Did you do your smelling salts? Oh, I've got them on hand just in case the excitement gets a little yeah, too much I for me. I stuck some in my microphone filter just so the whole episode, I just keep getting whiffs. There you go. Wired. Yeah. Wired. Yeah, I've got a live wire <laughs> under my desk. I'll just stick my toe in it if things get dicey. <laughs> well, I do first want to start out by kind of just giving a shout out to all of the listeners this year. You know, it's been a really fun year. I think we've grown quite a bit, especially the last like couple months. Um, you know, our views have started to go way up. We've started to gain a lot more subscribers. So thank you all for that. Thank you for participating. Thank you for commenting, sending emails, sending comments, sending DMs. All of it. We really appreciate the participation we've had this year. Um, and we want to give a, a few little shout outs here. So um, we had put out a request for some folks to give us their best of, worst of, you know, lists of the year. Um, so one of our loyal listeners, Validia, sister-in-law of the pod, she decided she was going to respond. So she gave us a few picks here. I'm going to run through them real quick. Um, so her best artist this year was Lana Del Rey puke worst artist taylor swift agreed that was a good pick the best album something for the hotties megan the stallion and if you know validia you know that was gonna be the perfect pick for her like it it has to be some sort of some sort of woman that makes men very upset especially white men so you know naturally she was gonna pick that one and the best song is a song called you by the artists regard troy savon and tate mcrae so she had some good picks there, I think. Yeah. Del Rey. I was going to say, that's that's a, a recipe for instant nemesis there, Valeria. I don't know. <laughs> We're going to have to coexist at this wedding. We're going to have to find some common ground, which I think is <laughs> Megan the Stallion. Yeah. No, interesting, interesting list. I've not heard of Tate McRae until literally 10 seconds before we started rolling. Yes. Yeah. I, I suppose maybe I'll, I'll hear that song over Christmas since I'm going over to their house for the Christmas festivities. Ah, yes. So I'm sure she'll annoy me with that song because I don't like Troy Sivan. I haven't heard of the other two. So we're we're 0 for 1 so far. We'll see if we can get 2 for 3 at least. Well, what's Troy Sivan's big claim to fame? I don't even know. I think he's just a, a little weirdo good singer. Like okay. I think a little very a little indie boy, I think basically is is kind of his thing. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I think he's done stuff with with Casey Musgraves. I think they did that song that was like uh, her first foray into like kind of filmmaking with music. Yeah, because they were playing like Meth Addicts on the Run or something like that, weren't mm-hmm. they? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Troy. Yeah, so I think that was his deal. Um, we also heard from friend of the pod Tanner, and I was thinking maybe you want to uh, you want to run through these for the little guy. Oh, would you like me to? Okay, let me get my phone. Oh, out here. Do you, do you... <laughs> no, it's okay. It's really right put here. You on I'm the spot dead there. red. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I came ready, baby. Uh, all right. Well, let's go from the bottom up, shall we? It's my all favorite right. way to do it. Um, 
We changed some of the category names, by the way. Album that grew on you and album that lost you, we've changed to album that grew on you is album that aged like fine wine. Album mm-hmm. that lost you is album that aged like bread. Yes. So Tanner's album that aged like bread, Casey Musgrave, Starcrossed. Album that aged like wine, Let Me Do One More, Illuminati Hotties. Fair. Uh, biggest Disappointment, Donda, Kanye West. Most Pleasant Surprise, An Evening with Silk Sonic. Silk Sonic. Hell yeah. Worst Artist, Kid Rock. <laughs> Come on, really? Come on. The American All Badass All the good times himself. he's provided. Oh, Best Artist, Billie Eilish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love this. Worst Song, Throw a Dart at the Track Listing of Donda. <laughs> Best ass. Song, Leave the Door Open, Silk Sonic. Worst album, obviously, by Lake Street Dive. Obviously. I hated that one, too. Yep. And best album, In Heaven, by Strand of Oaks. Hell yeah. Finally, Strand of Oaks getting a little love here. Now, I will. I am surprised that he picked the Lake Street Dive album as his worst of the year. Because I know I, it probably is because he really liked them previously, and then this that album just sucked. I mean, there was a couple decent songs on it, but I could see why he was really out on that one. Yeah, it was just such a heel turn for them. And, like, I, you know, they've always had, I don't necessarily want to call it necessarily political. They've always had, like, sociological messaging in their songs. Something like um, Spectacular Failure brings to mind the phrase, oh, to have the confidence of a mediocre white man, right? So it's mm-hmm. kind of a song taking the piss out of people like us. Basically, they used to do a very good job at uh, kind of sneaking that stuff in there. And now it's just like very that with the obviously album, it's just so on the nose and mm-hmm. and there's nothing clever or interesting about it. It's all message without any kind of sugarcoating to make it go down. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I, I'm I agree with Tanner. That's a good pick for worst. Yeah, I'm not gonna argue with it. The the one song, Know That I Know, from that album is a banger, but that's uh-huh. literally the only song that I remember from that album. I remember listening to it and then doing the show and then just eliminating it from my brain yep i just wiped yep. my hard drive after we did that album. yeah yeah um so thank you validia and tanner very much very much appreciate you guys responding you have I something do, else i do have one person i need to okay. add very quickly it's a small mea culpa to end the year it's also a, another person love who those. tried to participate we love it um brandon texted me with a bunch of stuff not necessarily categorized just stuff he's been listening to this year Mm -hmm. and a lot of it is stuff we covered katie pruitt um i'm a big krungbin guy he's into krungbin Mm -hmm. um there were a lot of really great picks unfortunately (laughs) i had to set my phone to start deleting text conversations after a certain number of days because (laughs) not to brag but i'm a writer (laughs) And I keep a running list of notes. So it's like everything I see, I go on this like huge tirade about. So like I could be sitting on the train and I'll look across and be like, "Mm, maybe I should write a story about the secret lives of people. Like what if this woman across from me was a vampire who's addicted to spankings? And then like, (laughs) that's what I need the iCloud storage for. So unfortunately, texts were a casualty of that, and I lost all of Brandon's stuff. So Brandon, I'm sorry, buddy. I love you. You have some of the best taste in music. I love when you send me shit. Keep it up. I will make this up to you in 2022. Yes, that I I, I can totally understand 
where you're, where you're coming from. Cause I've gone through and like thought I was just deleting stuff I didn't need from my phone before and just ended up de- deleting a ton of pictures that I didn't want to delete that were like from like vacations and like old pictures and stuff. And just didn't even realize you just set that parameter of like delete anything older than this. And you're like, I guess I've been around a while. Cause there's a lot of stuff older than that line you draw. And uh, yes. yeah, I've fallen victim to that for sure. Classic stuff, classic rookie stuff. But uh, yeah. so Brandon, you get the mea culpa of the year. Yes. Well, do we want to give out our listener of the year trophy? Please. Okay. You can insert a drum roll right here because this is a big one. Everybody's on the edge of your seat. So get ready. I hope you're sitting down for this. The winner is everybody. Everybody gets a trophy. Everybody is our listener of the year because we very, very much appreciate everything that y'all do to help keep us going. I mean, this is every single week we record this podcast and we wouldn't do it if there weren't people actually engaging and paying attention. So we appreciate that because we love doing it and y'all give us the reason to keep doing it. Yeah. As a guy whose second podcast is tantamount to hollering down the void, it's really nice to have people (laughs) that actually listen and respond and engage. So thank you very much, guys. Everybody gets a trophy. Yes. So let's just get right into it. Let's Let's get into our out on that line year end awards for the year 2021. And what a year it was. So many great things happened. So many unexpected things happened. And we're going to go over a lot of stuff here. Um, We're going to be going over things that we hated, things that we loved, you know, things that we are looking forward to possibly. Um, And I guess we're going to start kind of at the, we have our list made up here, but we're going to start with, I think what the least important, I feel like that's not an unfair thing to say, the least important categories here. Um, so you had come up with some really interesting ones. So as we go through, you know, we'll, we'll explain if something sounds like it needs a little explanation. Uh, but for this first one, the first category is going to be con artist of the year, which I assume means the person that had everybody snowed, everybody thinks they're great, but they're not. They're a con artist. Yeah, it's that and also like pros and cons. And typically these people are fooling people. They're conning people into thinking they're pros. But secretly they're just cons as in bad. Yes. So it works on so many levels. I don't want to say that I'm smart, but you can tell me I'm smart. (laughs) Do we just want to name them both or do we want to go one at a time here? Uh, Let's just go one at a time. I'm going to try really hard to keep myself short tonight. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, we'll start out. I guess I'll I'll do mine first. We can do like a snake draft thing. So we can just start every category we go. We'll just switch who starts with it. We'll try to keep track of that. Um, So I'll start on this one. So my con artist of the year should be no surprise to anybody, but it's Jack Antonoff. Oh, I I can hear Tanner boiling. Yeah, I hate that guy. Can't stand him. So what was your rationale? So I really just don't ever like the songs that he creates. I think he inserts himself a lot of places where he doesn't belong. And people give him a lot of credit for like things that other artists are fully capable of doing on their own. Like I, I have not been floored by anything that I've heard from him. Like I've not, you hear great about great producers like T-Bone Burnett, you know, people like that, Brian Eno, like you hear about people like that and they have a song or two that just like stands the test of time that you just love more than anything. And I just don't, I, I don't know. Jack Antonoff just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. I think the only one I can say in his defense was uh green light by Lord. First time mm-hmm. I heard green light, I was like, Oh, okay. And that's all I can say for him. Uh, my con artist 
is Morgan Wallen. <laughs> this is a fucking clown who profited off of his own racism because mm-hmm. there are people stupid enough in this country to go, well, we're not going to let cancel culture take a fine country music singer artist like Morgan Wallen down. Let's buy two copies of his album. So they think that it's cancel culture coming for them. But you guys, nobody stopped you from buying the album. It wasn't like it, they stopped producing the album. It wasn't being burned on piles en masse throughout the mm-hmm. country. It was still available to you to purchase and you did so you still have all your freedom that you're whining about Mm -hmm. but if you have to line a racist coffers to prove a point and trigger the libs you're really fucking telling on yourself and to editorialize beyond music for a minute these people are the biggest fucking pussies on the planet i don't lump every conservative i don't lump every republican specifically the maggots the people that are like they can't let go of daddy trump losing the QAnon weirdos these fucking snowflake losers they are the biggest fucking pussies on the planet so if you bought morgan wallen's double album this year why don't you catch me outside how about that yeah he's terrible he's awful like his his songs are awful and and i don't understand why there was such an uproar about maintaining his status or like letting him get his redemption arc because it's like it's not good i could understand if the music was incredible you know but it's not it's not any good he sucks it's not any good and i think it was more just like he was turned into a symbol of the fight the Mm -hmm. fight to stop cancel culture i'm like what a stupid hill to die on morgan wallen and what an idiot to pick to represent you yikes okay well what do you say we wash that taste out of our mouth with the breakout artist of the year. And I think, yeah, we match up on this one. I was like, am I seeing things? I'm seeing double. We have the same pick for this one. Am I right? Do you want to bring it in? We do. We do. Uh, Our breakout artist of the year is one Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah. Who else would it be? Like, who else could it be? That's a good question. I don't, uh, I don't know. I mean, she, the reason I put this category in there is to spoil a later pick of mine just a little bit, I couldn't, at the end of the day, give her best artist. Mm-hmm. I thought about it a lot. I thought about it a lot, and I waffled. But at the end of the day, I had to give someone else best artist, but I respect what Olivia Rodrigo did because it was the rebirth of the pop star, and she mm-hmm. didn't put a hat on a hat. She didn't reinvent the wheel. She did something fresh by going back to basics and keeping it simple. So it's it's the renaissance of the pop star, and I'm looking forward to big things from her. Yeah, I think she is going to take over the planet even further. I would I would assume I would hope that her second album, you know, there's always the danger of the sophomore album after. I mean, there was almost no album bigger than Sour this year, especially at the time that it came out. Um, you know, the sophomore effort is going to be really interesting to see from her and see what she does with it. I think she has every chance to put herself into that upper echelon of, of pop stars with like Ariana Grande and, you know, Taylor Swift and people like that. Um, but it's going to take that second album being a banger. I think she's got it in her cause sour was a banger. I mean, that album fucked. And I, I really think she is the breakout artist of the year. And I don't really know who else you would pick because everybody else that, you know, we have on our list here, they're veterans. 
you know, nobody else like had their first foray into fame this year that we that we're going to really talk about. And I think there there was no other pick here. Yep, nice unanimous pick to get mm-hmm. us cooking here. Mm-hmm. Um, now the album that aged like bread <laughs> for our picks here, because I I really these two albums, one I liked a lot more than the other, and I didn't think either of them were very good. <laughs> yeah. So mine was Chemtrails Over the Country Club by Lana Del Rey, and that album started out moldy and just got worse as time went on. It is, I don't understand where the value is in that album. No, nor I. It was one of those things um, like uh, Medicine at Midnight, the Foo Fighters album. After mm-hmm. we covered it, I was like, I just want to forget that this happened. I, <laughs> yeah. I can't go back and listen to this anymore. Like it would just be an exercise in punishment. Um, so yeah, I mean, chemtrails over the country club. I was locked and loaded to hate that one. And wouldn't you know who won the pony? It was fucking garbage. Well, can Um, you, I mean, has any album delivered on expectations better than that one? You know what? That's a great point. We have a category of like (laughs) what exceeded your expectations. Chemtrails over the country club might be the one that exceeded the expectations of suck for me. Just ran the, ran her forehead right into that bar. Yikes. Yeah. Yep, sorry, Polydia. <laughs> what about you? My album that aged like bread, controversial perhaps to fans of my taste, Daddy's Home by St. Vincent. Mm-hmm. This is a an album that I really, really went to bat for. As you recall, on that episode, I declared it frontrunner for album of the year. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't want to go telling tales out of school, but my first couple listens to this album may have been in an altered state. I will neither (laughs) confirm nor deny nor go into further details. No. I want to maintain... This is a family show. I want my clean (laughs) image to remain intact. Okay? Um, This is an album that the more I listen to it, I can still enjoy, but I see the cracks in it. So Mm -hmm. the bloom is kind of off the rose for me, Um, especially compared to other St. Vincent work. Again, her flavor's in there. I respect what she was trying trying to do by making a New York sound, a 70s New York sound in the modern day. It's great stuff. I support that. It's just the more I listen to it, the, the bloom was off the rose. So I own it mm-hmm. on vinyl. I will keep spinning it. I, I like it. It's still good. But it's kind of like when you are in a relationship with someone and you can't see their bad qualities. You're obsessed and your friend is like, but she's a kleptomaniac with bad breath. I'm like, I don't care. I love her. It's kind of what happened here. So St. Vincent, we're still cool. Still like this album. Just don't fucking love it as much as I did on initial listen. Fair, fair. Um, Well, next category um, is going to be the biggest surprise. And I'll let you start with this one. Uh, We didn't do album that aged like wine. Album that aged like wine. That is the next category. I was just texting you and you passed. Nice. I did it. Good job. Um, Should we start with mine since I brought it up? My album that aged like wine was Planet Her by the cat, Doja Cat. I was surprised to see these, those two albums, Planet Her and Daddy's Home. I was surprised to see those from you in those spots. Uh, Pretty fucking crazy, right? Yeah. Um, My... Doja Cat thoughts are pretty brief. Um, At the time, I think I just wasn't willing to accept Planet Her because I was so hyped on Hot Pink. That was an album I just hammered constantly Mm -hmm. um, for like two years after it came out. 
So Planet Her was such a direction, like more towards the mainstream. And the little hipster goblin that lives inside of me was like, no, I want her to just do stuff like Hot Pink because that's what I like. <laughs> but the more I listen to this album, I mean, like, uh, Kiss Me More, Yeah, like other songs that are on here, Let Me Be Your Woman, stuff like that, really kind of grew on me. So this is an mm-hmm. album that rose in my estimation throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, this one, I, I mean, I thought it was pretty good to start with, but I can I can absolutely agree with you that I think knowing how popular all those songs have become since the album has come out. And if you're on TikTok listeners out there, you've probably heard half of the album just in, in TikTok songs. So she's in a lot of places. Um, You know, she's hosting award shows and, and you know, she's, she's become very popular. I would say, I don't know if she's quite in the echelon of like most famous, like Cardi B and Nicki Minaj. I don't know if she's quite to that level, but she's right there. I mean, she's right there with like a Megan The Stallion. I mean, this new generation of, of female rappers and female hip hop artists um, it are really, I think, doing very well. You know, it's not just a novelty anymore. You know, they've, they, they're they really artists. I think that album was actually very good. And the way that she puts her songs together, she's just a weirdo. So, yeah. Yeah. That was a good pick. Hey, real quick shout out to Hot Girl Meg, who just graduated from college. And in all sincerity, I know my gimmick is like the butt stuff, but uh, there is like nothing more attractive than a goal-oriented incredibly intelligent woman so good for her that's super awesome and uh that's another person i can't wait to see where she goes yeah yeah i think we're we're in for years of some pretty good content from them so i look forward to that um for me the album that aged like wine was the ballad of dude and juanita Mm. by sturgill simpson and the reason i say album that aged like wine i loved it to start with but the more I listened to it, the more I loved it. So, you know, I know maybe the idea was having something that you were kind of lukewarm on to start with that really you warmed up to, but I don't think there was any album this year that like I was kind of shocked by because you go from like Sound and Fury and then you have the the, the straight bluegrass album and you kind of, okay, well, he's getting back to his roots and then he comes out with Dude and Juanita, the, the Eastern, you know, instead of a Western mm. And I just thought it was such a fresh idea. And, and every time I went back to it, there's so many more little details and, and just things to notice and, and little bits of the music that you're like, oh, there's a little sound effect there that says exactly what's going on. Um, it just really, the more you listen to it, it's a very simple album, you know, or so it really seems, but the more you listen to it, the just the better it gets. I love that album. Yeah, I would have to agree. And to be fair, the uh, age like fine wine category is kind of open-ended. I mean, it could be mm-hmm. something you love that got better and something you didn't like that, you know, became palatable to you. So mm-hmm. I like I like that we explored the space. Yeah, we did. We wouldn't be doing ourselves any justice if we didn't. That's right. Good for yeah. us. No one's, no one's here to tell us not to anyway. This is, <laughs> our, this is our podcast. Well, now we've got the next category, biggest surprise. And on mine, the biggest surprise, because I had really never heard of them before, was Let Me Do One More by Illuminati Hotties. Mm. That album is incredible. I mean, absolutely incredible. Start to finish, had no idea what it was about. I can't believe I could have gone. If I didn't do this podcast and you didn't send that album for us to review, I would have never found out about that album. Just avoided near disaster. It's it's totally wild. Uh, how shit like that happens. And I think I need to start a music podcast with Tanner 
so that he'll start taking my album recommendations seriously, <laughs> listening to stuff when I send it. Um, but in all seriousness, that's one of the things I love about this show is when we send each other stuff that we're going to test out. There's just so much that we can discover, and that's like, that's why I think Spotify shits its pants trying to recommend me stuff because it's like you're all over the place, dude, and that's mm-hmm. kind of the beauty of what we do here on the show. And yeah. Illuminati Hotties was like the pinnacle of that process. Like a goddamn rocket. You. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. You. Yeah. Um, well, how about your biggest surprise this year, Alex? I did a little bit of a cheat. Um, I would say The Ballad of Dude and Juanita was a surprise in the sense that I had no idea it was coming. And it was a nice little genre treat. It was short. Mm-hmm. It was a narrative. Uh, it was just like a cool little thing that popped up as a treat for Sturgill fans. Love that. But my legitimate biggest surprise was Billie Eilish happier than ever. Because, as you know, if you've been listening to the show, I came around on Miss Billie. Uh, at a certain point, I just was like, I'll keep listening to that album. And uh, the first one that I never get the name right of. Um <laughs> When we go sleepies, what happens to us? <laughs> um, so anyway, I, I was like, I'll give that a really honest, close listen with headphones on. And I was like, I see your value now. And I grew to really like the weird production choices and stuff like that. So by the time her second album rolled around, I'm like, I'm curious to see how far she pushes that. But she subverted my expectations and pulled back in the opposite direction and did this very like... Cla- not, not classical like classical music but like classically structured not going over the top with the production elements mm-hmm. but not losing that Billie Eilish weirdness and sense of fun and getting very vulnerable with us and I really appreciated that because there was kind of an ironic detachment from her material in the first album but she got like pretty brutally honest with this one down to the like the only irony was in the title I'm happier than ever um and it was a very, like, candid look at what her life has become since all of her success. And musically, it was great. So, Billie Eilish, well done. Way to go. I, I think it is such a good trick that she did by... Because I think the biggest downfall artists have is that when their life changes, because they, they got famous writing songs about, you know, their life during a certain period. And then when they get famous and life you know, changes a lot of ways, gets easier in some ways and probably harder in other ways. You know, I feel like some artists lose the edge and because they've already become successful, they lose the edge and the drive to make something, you know, that's, that's groundbreaking to them. And I think Billie Eilish does a great job because the subject matter between when we fall asleep, where do we go? And happier than ever, you know, the difference between those two things is night and day. But you can always tell it's still a Billie Eilish song. She seems to be very good at taking her experiences, whatever they are, and relating them in a very kind of human way to the rest of us so that we can experience those emotions right along with her. I thought that album was great. Yeah, I continue to be pro Billie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now we have the biggest disappointment. Mm-hmm. Womp, womp, womp. Mm. I guess I'll start. Actually, no, this one you start on. Let's okay. get it right. Yeah, Snakey Snake. Yeah. Uh, my biggest disappointment, Starcrossed by Casey Musgraves. Mm-hmm. And what it amounts to for me is I think when you have something to be happy about, it is 
much easier and much more fulfilling for you and for the listener when you're happy. It's easier to write about things that you love than it is to write about things that you hate. It just is. And I don't mean easy in terms of like the actual effort. I just mean when there's passion, it's going to come pouring out of you and mm-hmm. it's going to ignite your creativity. And it's it, the end result is going to be something like Golden Hour, where she had a lot to be thankful for. She had a lot to be happy about. And it's shown through. That album is infectious. Even in the moments like the song Mother, I cannot listen to that without tearing up. Mm-hmm. But it's just this perfect, tiny little, like, 60-second nugget in this, like, audio field of sunflowers. I love Golden Hour. I will die on the Golden Hour Hill. So Starcrossed, I think, didn't even successfully explore the feelings from her divorce. I mean, the song about camera roll and uh, cherry blossom and stuff like that Mm -hmm. didn't feel on theme, didn't feel authentic. It just all felt way too produced. It overwhelmed her voice. I, I think she got the twisties a little bit. I think she was probably consciously confident in her skills and unconsciously doubting herself because how could you not after the dissolution of one of the happiest institutions in your life that created mm-hmm. something like Golden Hour. Whether you know yep. it or not, that might have snuck into your process. So love Casey Musgrave, still along for the ride, but L's where L's are due, and this was an L for me. Yeah, and I, I think the next album she comes out with, I think she's going to probably bring it back a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And I look forward to it, because I think she is an excellent artist. The rest of her albums have been fantastic. So you know, I, I think this was just a blip on the radar. We're going to see some good things from her in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, my biggest disappointment this year was Donda by Kanye. And I realized that it's maybe what should have been, it maybe is what should have been expected out of Kanye at this point. Seems like his mind is probably anywhere, but being a music artist these days or, you know, through his, any fault of his own or not, you know, um, but it's, it really just, I, I love Kanye West. There's been so many things on other albums that weren't necessarily that great. Like Jesus is King. Like there were some songs on that I loved, you know, yay. There were some songs on that I loved, but a lot that I didn't. So like I was always able to find something about a Kanye album that I really, really liked. And I haven't gone back to this one one time since that episode. No, he, uh, he really tested everybody's patience and loyalty with this. And like Tanner said, throw a dart at the track list and mm-hmm. you'll hit crap. Like yeah. it, it, that's another one that's kind of aged like bread. I have gone back to it a couple times. Uh, I will talk more about Donda later in the show. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, well, what do you say we move on to the best song or the worst song of the year? I keep I keep getting these mixed up. Yeah. So we'll move on to the worst songs of the year, and we'll start with "Waiting on a War." By the Foo Fighters, my pick. What a pile of shit! This whole album was terrible, and I was like, I got to pick the worst one. And you know, I feel like there probably is a worst one. Anyone you listen to is the worst one at that moment. So it's a real, (laughs) real conundrum with that album. But this was the one I settled on because the lyrics one don't make any sense. But that's no surprise for the Foo Fighters. The music sucks on this one, and I just think Dave Grohl sucks in general. It's just not fun to listen to. I don't understand why the Foo Fighters are still a thing and why they're considered to be like the top of the pops when it comes to rock and roll music. I'm like, it is the most generic bullshit I've ever heard. Well, and I will return to my thoughts from the episode where we reviewed it. Kurt Cobain wrote 
much uh, Kurt Cobain and Steely Dan too. I'll get them in here. Why not? <laughs> wrote these kind of dark, sarcastic lyrics that, especially at first read, kind of ask you to work a little bit. They're a little more abstract. The difference is Kurt Cobain knew what he was talking about. So when he says um, meat-eating orchids or throw down your umbilical noose so I can crawl right back, he knows what that means. Mm -hmm. And that's very clear in him singing it. There's purpose to it. Dave Grohl strings together a bunch of shit that he thinks sounds good and is like, well, that's a, he's like DJ Khaled, another one. He's <laughs> just like, all his songs sound like first drafts. Musically, Foo Fighters, fine. You know, like musically, totally mm -hmm. fine. They can play their instruments well. Uh, if you put some different fucking lyrics and a different singer in there, I could really enjoy it. But it's just the, the cult of Dave Grohl's ego is writing checks that the final product cannot cash yeah can't so. just cannot cash i i don't i just i don't understand um like music if they got a better singer and better lyrics in there they could be the greatest band in the world but they don't have that yeah the most the the most notable person in their band is the one that i hate the most and, you know, people will come through and be like, oh, come on, man, Dave Grohl, he's done a lot for music, he's a philanthropist, he's cool, and it's like, okay, but that doesn't, like, make you fit good at everything. Well, what do you say we move on to your worst song? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, my worst song. Not one off of anything that we covered. Mm -hmm. This one was just so bad that you had to give it the shine this one makes me want to just eat my own insides <laughs> it is fancy like by walker hayes and for those of you who don't have the song tattooed on your brain like i do because i was <laughs> stupid enough the first time i heard it around my family to go this song fucking sucks now they will call me when it's on the radio and play it for me <laughs> And I hang up on their asses. <laughs> this fucking song, for those of you who don't know it, it's like Applebee's on a date night with the Bourbon Street steak and the Oreo shake with the whipped cream. I hate that I know that much. <laughs> this song is literally a propaganda piece for Applebee's. Applebee's is using it in their marketing as though oh this boy. were planned. Now, Walker Hayes... 40-year-old father of three or whatever says, oh, we're bored in a pandemic and I came up with it around home. And now it's a fucking sensation. But can you imagine if I wrote a slow jam about McDonald's? Mm, girl, I'm giving you a limited time offer while supplies last. Bada ba 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 that ass, I'm loving it. I would be justifiably tased. So tell me why Walker Hayes gets to have a chart-topping hit based on the Bourbon Street steak. Because she wanted to dip me like them fries in her Frosty. Ah! <laughs> it's so bad. Ah! I, hadn't heard, I hadn't heard it until you had sent it, and I went and listened to it. I've, that's one time. I've heard it exactly one time. And it's I agree with your pick. Can I tell you a very real fear of mine when I made this pick? I thought for sure that you had heard it, and that you were going to wait until I got done with that screed and you were going to go, 
I actually kind of like that song. <laughs> no, 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 no. Thank Christ. No, no. <laughs> no, yeah. no. And I don't know. I haven't. I, I mean, I think I've heard of Walker Hayes, but honestly, like, who the fuck knows? They all sound, all those names are, are the same. So I probably have heard of somebody that sounds like Walker Hayes um, or like Wheeler Walker or somebody, you know, so it feels like a very familiar country name, you know, and I'm just like, I, I don't think I've heard anything else by him. I listened to that one song one time and I was like, yeah, that song blows dogs for quarters that song sucks oh it's awful it's shit yeah. it's tailgates and tan lines filtered through the lens of a fucking boomer dad or like a, i guess a gen x dad yeah it's i terrible. mean it's just lame as fuck it's terrible if you yeah. like that song or you like walker hayes let us know so we can block you on all forms of social media please yeah if we're friends <laughs> and you like it don't tell me just let's go to the grave with me not knowing you like the song <laughs> All right. Well, what do you say we get to the best songs of the year? Now, tell the listeners a little bit about how you split this up, because I think it was a very good, very good way to do it. So it's a little bit of a cheat, but the way that I approached my picks, I didn't necessarily want to do if we were doing like what we think is going to win at the Grammys, then, yes, Mm -hmm. you have to like massage your thinking and go, okay, well, what is popular? What's going to look really good? when Because it's all political. Mm-hmm. So, you know, well, what's going to look good? What makes the most sense? Like, to, there's like a formula to it. But here we're just kind of going off instinct. But I was a little torn on things like best song and best album, on things that I think objectively were of the best quality that we listened to and mm-hmm. things that were a little more personal. So if I had to give best song using my head, I'm going to give it to driver's license because that song took over the world. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to use my heart, I'm going to say, leave the door open because that is my heart song. I love soul, Neo soul, Motown, quiet storm, R and B so much those are genres so close to my heart mm-hmm. i didn't know i needed silk sonic until silk sonic appeared and leave yes. the door open kick the fucking door open and i mm-hmm. left it open you know yeah. what i'm saying the, it it was an incredible album all the way through um and leave the door open was the first one that that really introduced you to silk sonic and you know i i we did an Anderson Pack album. We've never done Bruno Mars album on here, but I'm sure when he releases one in the future, we will. Um, but it's never would I have expected those two artists to get together. And, you know, I like them both, but what they created is so unlike what either of them does as their solo music that it's, you could tell that they love this music. They have a deep respect and love for soul music, for the artists that preceded them in that genre um, and it's just such a good love letter to that genre of music while being a completely new and different experience than anything that I'd heard before in that genre. It was so good. It's great. It exposed a lot of people to something different in a year where we got a lot of something different, especially mm-hmm. on this show. Um, you know, I can't claim that I sit there and I listen to the Billboard Top 100 every day to see what changes. I don't want to be a boomer. And be out of touch with what's going on, but it has to be of quality. Mm-hmm. So Olivia Rodrigo, Billie Eilish, something like that. That's I consider that quality. Um, and Silk Sonic gave everybody a taste of 
something from a time gone by done by two people that really have a love for the genre. And for that, mm-hmm. I appreciate them. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent picks. Um, for my best song, again, if we're picking the kind of Oscar or Grammy winner type of type of song, you know, the one that we think are going to win all the big awards. I also selected Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo. Um, I think for the same reason I picked her as the breakout artist, same reason you picked her as the breakout artist. Like what other song could there have been this year? The way that song took over the world was unlike anything anybody else was able to achieve this year. I mean, it was absolutely everywhere. I don't remember seeing anybody hate it. You know, I'm sure there were some people that just thought it was terrible, but you know, the way that it was just everywhere all at once, and she was the biggest artist in the world for a hot second. And, you know, I think her tour just, she just released the tickets for her tour. They sold out in a second and the tickets are reselling right now for like over a thousand dollars a piece. If that tells you anything about like kind of what status Olivia Rodrigo holds in pop music right now, like she is in that upper echelon right now. I think I said this when we did the episode on sour, I really want to see her in concert desperately, but -hmm. I would feel so uncomfortable doing so. Like I need nieces or something. Cause like, I just like it, there's no like sexual thought in my mind. I'm literally Mm -hmm. just there to dance up and down and, and scream the lyrics at the top of my lungs, like everyone else who's there. But I don't know if anyone's going to buy that. I know what's in my heart, but I also know how, (laughs) what I look like. And I look like every serial killer who ever lived. You should just get a shirt that has printed on it. I'm not here for sexual reasons. Then everybody's going to know that your intentions are pure. I just came here to dance. I swear. (laughs) Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Excellent song by excellent artist. Uh, My heart pick though, the one that really just that I go back to time and time again this year, ever since I heard it is blackout by turnstile. A drastic yeah. departure from from driver's license a massive departure it is a hardcore punk song and it's just a driving beat great guitar riffs just lyrics that aren't too deep or anything it's just an aggressive fast song that i guess hit me at the right moment you know maybe i was like just driving somewhere and it just like popped on and i was like damn this song absolutely fucks and i love it and i'm so glad that we get to do a year-end episode where i get to tell people go listen to turnstile i'm telling you if you like punk music go listen to them the album glow on is excellent yeah and i i listened to it on the strength of your recommendation it's great this song is great it's it's like an audio power bar it's short and it's nourishing and it's substantial and it packs a huge punch in like Mm -hmm. what barely two minutes yeah, something like that. Excellent, excellent song. Uh, but now we get into the real meat and potatoes of the show, if you know what I'm saying. So we're going to talk about first the worst artist of the year. Now, this is a big one. This is an award that you don't want to win. You don't want to be taking this one home. No, you don't. And I think people shouldn't really be surprised. I mean, there was probably... If you listen to the show, there was a lot of people in the running for this award, in my opinion. The winner, though, the ones that stood above the rest is the Foo Fighters. Because, God damn it, what a fucking joke that they are, like, the most famous rock band in the world right now. For all the reasons we discussed, it's a, it's a fucking joke. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I No disrespect to the other members of Foo Fighters, but 
and I think a lot of people labor under the misnomer that we hate Dave Grohl in an ironic fashion or to like try to trigger people who really like Dave Grohl. I'm going more than anything purely on, in this instance on what's on the page, right? What does this voice sound like? How much do I believe it? What are the lyrics? How invested can I get in them? What kind of stories are they telling within the framework of good music? Get him out of that fucking band. Get Taylor Momsen from The Pretty Reckless to step oh, in there and yeah. sing the songs. Let someone else write the fucking lyrics. I don't know who off the top of my head, but get get someone else in there Please. putting lyrics to that. Get someone else in there singing. And then you've got a, a cannot miss gold record mm-hmm. factory. But yeah. as it is, Dave Grohl fucking stinks. I'm sorry. As a front man, he fucking stinks. Yes. Preach. Preach it. <laughs> and who is your worst artist of the year? Ah, this one pains me. My worst artist of the year is Kanye West for Donda. He and for it. reasons beyond Donda. He really did mm-hmm. earn it. I guess the TLDR version of what I'm about to say is even geniuses make crap. Donda was an interesting, abject failure. The circus around it blew the hype to a point that it would never meet expectations. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's unfair to Kanye, but like he's living in stadiums, he's doing listening parties. People are like, this thing is in no state of preparedness. It's going off the rails. Will he release it? No, it's getting pushed back. Well, he might surprise us. He built a he, one of the listening events. He built a replica of his childhood home and burned it down. He got lit on fire. He remarried Kim Kardashian. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. In the middle of the arena, weird fashion choices, and it's hard to shit on him for that. But you heap all of that sideshow on top of his personal life. And again, I don't want to shame anybody for who they vote for necessarily, but. Big Trump guy who rants and raves about how he almost aborted his daughter, which I'm like, you almost aborted your daughter? You, Good luck talking Kim <laughs> Kardashian into that. But uh, talking about, and some of this predates Donda, but is supporting evidence. Slavery was a choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everyone talks about like, well, he's a genius. He's neurodivergent and he's mentally ill. And it's like, okay. I'm probably not as severely bipolar or anywhere near in the limelight that Kanye West is, but even in my most manic state and like a full-blown psychosis, I've never gone way out of the pocket the way he has talking about some of the shit he's talked about, Mm -hmm. disrespecting some of the people and groups of people that he has. He keeps poor company with people like Marilyn Manson and Donald Trump. I just think he made so many distracting missteps in this year to then deliver Donda, which was a big old pile of shit. It was interesting to watch how wrong-headed it was and what a whiff mm-hmm. it was. But it's everything Kanye-related this year conspired to make me go, I think that's enough Kanye for a while. I'm burnt yeah. out. Let's take a little break. He's got go-away heat with me right now. I'm I'm sorry he suffers from mental illness. Like, yeah, I, I, truly, I don't want to put that on him. Be, you know, want to be respectful of that. But that's also not an excuse to act like an asshole and put out garbage. So, yeah, for that reason, Kanye West is my worst artist of the year. 
Yep. I think two very deserving picks for that award. Two very deserving picks. But now we get to get into one that's a little more fun here. We get to talk about our best artist of the year. And on this one, we're going to let you start. Okay. Um, Again, this was one I came within a hair's breadth of giving to Olivia Rodrigo. Mm -hmm. But the more I thought about it, I was like, she, again, did something that was contemporary but simple and interesting and entertaining. And that's great. And it's her first effort. But I wanted to give Best Artist to somebody that I think truly produced something artistic. And to me, that was Tyler, the creator. Mm -hmm. He had a mission. He did what Kanye and Casey Musgraves failed to do in their respective projects. He got very vulnerable. He shared a lot of himself with us. And not just that, he sublimated all of his trials and tribulations to make interesting music that had fun lyrics that you had to kind of turn over again and again and pick apart. And it wasn't asking a ton of you from an interpretation standpoint, but it also wasn't just spoon feeding you and and vomiting Mm -hmm. all over you. He made it interesting. It was like a well-crafted mystery film. If you know how it's going to end, if you can predict all the twists and turns, not very good, but he kind of, led us from a distance through this journey. Come and see Tyler, the creator's world. And I think he truly made a piece of art. It's interesting. Even its flaws are interesting. Mm-hmm. So I I loved Call Me If You Get Lost. Fantastic album. And I think for that reason, Tyler, the creator, gets my best artist of the year, 2021. And I think, I think that's a very, very deserving pick. I mean, that album was excellent. And, you know, I think he... I think he does a good job at just being his complete and total authentic self at all times. You know, yeah. and I think having the success that he's had, you know, gives him more confidence to kind of blur those edges and and go outside of what would be normal musical boundaries more often. You know, I think he's got the talent to do whatever he wants. You know, I think that's a great pick. I think he he well deserved best artist award. Well, what about you? Who's your best artist? So I selected Olivia Rodrigo for this one because, again, I just wasn't taken by any artist this year like I was taken by her um, in that album. Just completely out of nowhere, a genre of music that I really, you know, obviously everybody listens to pop music. You can't go anywhere without hearing pop songs. Like, it's in every story you go into. But rarely do I hear pop music that, that has that much substance, you know, and the popularity matches the substance. And I think that to me is a really, really tough thing to do. Not many artists ever get to do that, let alone on their debut album. Um, so, you know, for all those factors of, you know, kind of not the things were stacked against her, but I mean, you're going against people like Tyler, the creator, you know, Adele came out with an album this year. You know, there was a lot of major, major heavy hitters that came out this year and none of them got my attention like Olivia Rodrigo did. Wow, that's a pretty uh, pretty strong endorsement here. You yeah. heard it first, folks. Yes. Uh, now we move on to the worst album of the year. Now, it's split into two different categories, some, similar to you know the album that aged like wine and album that aged like bread. You know, We have our, our out on that line canon picks, um, and then we have our kind of extracurricular pick where we get to pick ones that we did on the show 
and then the extracurricular pick is just whatever one we want to do. Um, so on this one, my worst album and that we covered on the show is Donda by Kanye. Um, mm. I just, I don't, I don't think for me, there was any other choice. There were albums that, you know, maybe were worse than this one. Um, you know, the Lake street dive album was pretty horrible. Um, but no album sucked as much for me this year as Donda. Cause I wasn't expecting anything out of the other ones. You know, the ones that, that really, that stunk, you know, and I didn't even like hate Starcrossed that much. I can see where you're coming from, that it just wasn't up to snuff when you compare it to Golden Hour. But yeah, you know, I didn't hate that album. Donda was just such a disappointment for me because I know what Kanye West is capable of. And that album just, it was a whole just hot mess of nothing of substance. And I just didn't think it was very good at all. Yeah, I can't argue with that pick. Again, I go back to the the David Lynch quote about Van Gogh, which is people think that Van Gogh was a great painter because he was tortured. But David Lynch contends that art was the only thing that brought him happiness because he was tortured. So he wasn't good Mm -hmm. at it because he was mentally ill. It was an escape from his illness. So I think that same thing applies to Kanye in certain situations and in others, it the the mental illness is in the driver's seat. And I don't want to chalk everything up to that, but it's exacerbated by people who have a lot of expectations, for better or for worse. Kim Kardashian had expectations of her husband. And I know people hate the mm-hmm. Kardashians, but I don't think it's unfair to expect your partner to be a husband and father. And I don't want to impugn his honor as a father. But there's a when you marry into the Kardashians and when you're Kanye West already, there's a pretty big circus around you 24-7. Mm-hmm. And your art should be your escape. And this, unfortunately, felt like it was too motivated by everything that was going on in his life. So, again, you write about something that you love, magic happens. You write about all the tragedy and shit and loss and stress in your life, you get Donda. Mm-hmm. So you're allowed to try, you're allowed to whiff, but I can't fight you on worst album of the year. Yeah, that one, it was it was not great. And then the extracurricular pick, I know you had meant for this one to be an album that we did not cover on the show that you hated, but I just couldn't think of one that I wanted to take a shot at more than Medicine at Midnight by the Foo Fighters. I just needed to get one more in before the year closes and I can try to turn over a new leaf for next year. I won't. If they come out with another album, I'll probably hate it too. Um, But I just thought that album was absolutely awful. It was hyped up like crazy. All the, all the foo fucker fans were, were so pumped for this one. So pumped. And then it came out and it was hot steaming garbage. I mean, I don't know what's redeemable about this album. It was a lock to make worst album of the year. As soon as it was released. Can't uh, can't fight you on that one either. I went into it knowing there was going to be shit I hated. I tried my damnedest to be positive about this. I didn't really try with Lana Del Rey. Mm-hmm. I tried really fucking hard with this. Because we have so many people in our orbit that are like, you guys are fucking haters and I hope you die. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably catch some 
we'll catch some shrapnel after this one too yeah thanks jeff you put us in everyone's crosshairs i would like to remind <laughs> everybody that i did not select foo fighters you didn't it was me they're on here like four times for me <laughs> But the thing is, I can't disagree with any of your reasoning, and I cannot disagree with anything you've assigned to it. It was big time suck from the girl troll. Mm-hmm. Just, just terrible. Well, what about your worst album? Of okay. The year? My out on that line canon pick was Solar Power by Lord. It was a solipsistic Claritin ad meets marketing for Goop. It was just. <laughs> You know, what a rigging endorsement. (laughs) (laughs) All the all the girls like that meme that was going around, like, I just want to get railed in a cute little sundress. Well, have I got an album for you? (laughs) It was just empty garbage. It didn't go anywhere. It didn't say anything. It didn't have an original thought in its brain. It was just useless. That's Mm -hmm. the most damning thing I can say about this album. It was useless and it damaged my opinion of Lord. So within the out on that line canon, I would say it's the thing that I enjoyed the least that we did. And there were some suck albums. Donda sucked, but was at least interesting Mm -hmm. in its failure. Foo Fighters was pretty fucking bad, but I got entertainment value out of it. Chemtrails over the country club knew what it was going to be. I was kind of hyped for new Lord and it, 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 not only let me down it was just objectively bad yeah and i don't remember seeing like any good reviews for that one either no that was it was not great really really not great what about that uh that little extracurricular pick i like this one that you have on here first of all did you check this out after i sent it uh i i'm familiar with this artist i'm not going to spoil it though okay y'all the Dance Monkey Girl put out an LP this year. I don't know if you heard. First of all, I hope people know Dance Monkey. How can you not? Well, I hope Her- they don't for their sake. It sounds like Gollum put through auto tune. <laughs> Her fucking obnoxious ass voice. Listen, if you're Macy Gray and you're talented and you can really hoot, and you have kind of a, a raspy, unpleasant-sounding voice, I am behind you 100%. Mm-hmm. Macy Gray, I'll, I, I'll spill blood for Macy Gray. Tones and I, which is Dance Monkey Girl, who deserves <laughs> to be called Dance Monkey. We'll call her Dance Monkey. <laughs> Fuck it. Dance Monkey was a busker in Australia, and somebody looked at this fucking hype beast and went... <laughs> Hey, you stupid sack of talentless shit. How would you like to be a star? (laughs) I don't understand what people saw in the Dance Monkey song. I don't get what people see in Dance Monkey the Girl. This is the worst pile of shit I heard all fucking year. It was prefab crap. There were shitty production choices that made no sense that all just clap. It was like... Jack Antonoff dropped his keys in the garbage disposal and went, holy shit, that sounds new and interesting. I'll record that. (laughs) Vinny, start recording. Her voice fucking sucks. There's no passion. There's no life experience. This is just like synthetic pop. It, It made in a lab and it didn't get released. It escaped. It chewed through layers of 
nickel and ore and, and the blast doors to this government facility and reach the surface. And now we have to suffer it. Hellraiser levels of torment. I don't know if people know the movie Hardcore starring George C. Scott, but it's about a gentleman who finds out that his estranged daughter is doing porn. And there's a scene where he sees one of his daughter's pornos and he's just sitting there with his head in his hands. Turn it off. Turn it off. Turn it off. And that was my experience <laughs> listening to this album. In a world where Silk Sonic was 30 minutes long, this album had the balls to be over an hour. I an hour. could kill someone. So all I'll say is, if there is a god, he hates us. I have a sneaking suspicion there isn't one. And the dance monkey should be tried at the Hague. Yeah, that's, I mean... I didn't listen to this whole album because I, I listened to some other songs because I was like, well, Dance Monkey was terrible. But, you know, there's other instances where the most famous song someone's had had is not their best one. You know, so I was like, I'll do a select few. I think I got a total of three minutes out of probably five or six different songs because I'd get a little bit into it. I was like, nope. Try the next one. Nope. Next one. Nope. Next one. Nope. It is awful. Her voice is terrible. The music sucks. I don't understand how Dance Monkey became the world smash, like worldwide smash hit that it that it became. I don't I don't know. I guess the same way that Who Let the Dogs Out. But I actually like that song. <laughs> yeah, so that was too. a terrible comparison. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it was a terrible, terrible album by a terrible, terrible artist. Hopefully we never have to hear from her again. Uh, the album, by the way, if you want to, you know go waste an hour of your life and bleed out of all your orifices. It's called Welcome to the Madhouse by Tones and I. And when she says Madhouse, she's not talking about hers. She's talking about what's going to happen inside your brain when you listen to this whole thing. Yeah, you will take a power drill to your temple in in a, a, a feeble attempt to be freed of the visions she puts in your head with her dog shit music. Yes, yeah, absolutely terrible. Um, but we have one more category to go. I think probably the most important one, since we are an album-oriented podcast, it would make sense for us to wind up with our picks for best album of 2021. Now, I think, you know, we, we did, again, the head pick and heart pick here. I think that was a great idea, you know, because I think it's one thing to select what you think is going to be a real, like, award-winning album, and then you select the one that really got into your heart. You know, that maybe isn't going to win those big awards because it's not going to have the mass appeal. Um, but for my best album, my head pick, should be no surprise to anybody that's made it this far in the podcast, is Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. Um, again, for the same reasons I've been talking about every other time I've mentioned her on this on this episode, no other album, no other artist took over the world quite the way that Olivia Rodrigo did. Adele might have sold more albums because she's just Adele. You know, people forgot about how many albums Adele came out with. They were talking about Drake having the best-selling album of the year, and then Adele came in like three days that album was out. She had already had the, the best-selling album of the year. Um, but Sour was just an unbelievable experience, uh, like, like it was shot out of a cannon. I mean, the first single driver's license, usually ballads are not like the big-time first single that a lot of artists have. It's a really catchy bubblegum pop kind of song to get stuck in people's heads and get interested in the rest of what they have to do. But Driver's License was such a well-constructed, emotive song that it was easy to fall in love with it and, you know, therefore fall in love with the rest of the album and Olivia Rodrigo and what she was able to do with that. I mean, it just, I don't think there was a, 
artist this year, an album this year that to me had a bigger impact than that one. So my pick for my head pick is Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah. And I mean, to your point about uh, uh, driver's license, that was a lot of um, that was a lot of vulnerability from a 17 year old that was relatable to other 17 year olds, but Mm -hmm. also 32, 34 year olds. Uh, That's pretty impressive that our reaction wasn't cynicism and deja vu great pick good for you amazing song Mm -hmm. good for you in another world would have been the lead single and and still would have probably set the world on fire but i think driver's license was a big gamble and it paid off yeah absolutely excellent excellent album i would recommend if you haven't gone to hear it i would recommend going to listen to that one if you like good music go listen to that one now my heart pick the one that just, you know, I'll be listening to probably for the rest of my life is Glow On by Turnstile. And it is just the album all the way through. It's just so fast, so tasty, so aggressive. And just there's like a, it's all hardcore punk songs. You know, the, there's very few like variations on that. You know, Underwater Boy is a notable one that kind of gets away from the really fast driving punk rock kind of music that the rest of the album is. But you know, I feel like there's such an urgency to the music. It, it seems like they are just like so anxious and ready to get out of where they are in every one of these songs. It's like you feel all of these emotions like just bleeding through the speakers. And that's that's what I love about music. And, and when something hits you out of nowhere and you just feel such a connection to it. I love the music. I love the way the songs are composed. I love the lyrics. I just love everything about this album. It is my favorite album of the year. This, like I said, I went and listened to this as soon as it became one of your picks. I was like, oh, fuck. Okay. Because we didn't obviously cover it on the show. So I went and took a listen and it was cool. It was a cool revelation. I know I like hesitated. They're like, oh, it's good. <laughs> but it, it it was. It was cool. It didn't hit me in the same way that I think it hit you. But I have nothing but complimentary things to say. It's punk. But it's polished punk. It kind of leans more in the direction of like post punk. Mm-hmm. Um, it's again, it's got a little bit more of a gloss to it than like Fugazi or Against Me or Leftover Crack or something like that. It's it's not quite as disgusting and sta- scabby and crusty mm-hmm. as like punk the way people think of it. Safety pins in the ears, smashing your face into other people in the mosh pit. And that version of punk comes from a time when people within the punk scene very closely guarded the aesthetic, the music, the lifestyle that was theirs. And you were a poser and they could sniff you out. And if you didn't live the lifestyle, fuck you. You have no business here. And when artists sold out, they were abjured. It w- they were dead to the audience. And that authenticity, our favorite dirty word just became too much it became too restrictive and that kills the art form it's like in filmmaking there's dogma 95 started Mm -hmm. by uh, Lars von Trier and it was a set of rules as a challenge to filmmakers to see if they could make a film in a certain set of parameters one of them off the top of my head was like all natural lighting you can't do any kind of fake lighting Um, so it's interesting to challenge yourself but when the audience is challenging you to this it can be a little restrictive and you might second guess yourself so the cool thing about punk the way it's done by turnstile 
is punk that was co-opted by the angsty suburban teenager who was using that angry punk music, using it against me as a form of self-expression for their latent rage. Those same kids now are making punk and it's completely genuine. They're not Mm -hmm. trying to be the crusty safety pin in the ear punks. They're accepting that authenticity within the punk genre is a surefire way to trip yourself up. They're doing what comes naturally based on their love of punk music. So Mm -hmm. I thought this was a great find based on those parameters. Yeah. It just, I I don't know. This album just hit me at the right time and it was just a wonderful experience and I will continue to go back to it time and time again. Nice. Well, do you want to wrap us up here with your picks for best album of the year? Sure. Why not? We've got nothing to lose. Um, so my head pick for best album of the year was Tyler, the creator. Call me if you get lost. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not scoring it necessarily based on like what I think will win the Grammy, but I think it is a lock as a mainstream pick. It's it, it checks all the boxes, but also transcends the idea of checking boxes. Mm-hmm. It's creative. It's interesting. It's sophisticated it does what Daddy's Home St. Vincent was trying to do, where it's taking an older sound and updating it. There's this kind of like sleek bossa nova sensibility to a lot of the songs. I'm thinking specifically of Sweet, I Thought You Wanted to Dance, mm-hmm. which is an extravaganza. I love that fucking song. Um, something like that has a very like 60s bossa nova kind of sound but is also distinctly contemporary and distinctly Tyler, the creator. His stamp is all over this. Nobody came in here and said, you should really think about this. And people know who Tyler, the creator is. Mm -hmm. And some people don't like him. A lot of people do, but he's a, a talented household name. So my head says, if you say that's your favorite album of the year, people will take that seriously. Yep. My heart pick. Well, first of all, do you have anything to say about Call Me If You Get Lost? I, I don't really, um, just to agree with you. I think that's a, it was an excellent album. I mean, it was not one I expected because I didn't really listen to Tyler Creator that much. Um, but when I listened to this one, I was like, now I understand why he's still getting all this recognition, you know, four albums in or is that how many he's got? Four or five albums, whatever many it is. You know, a lot of times if an artist doesn't have anything worthwhile to say they never make it that far so i was like okay well let me give this one a try and it was not only just like a solid album where i could be like oh yeah i could see why people like him you know like jay-z was doing at the end of his career it was an excellent album it was so well crafted it was easy to connect with um that i can see exactly why you'd you'd make this one your pick for album of the year it was excellent so off of that if call me if you get lost is a painting that you would hang in an art gallery, my heart pick is one that you hang in your bedroom. Not because you're ashamed, not because there's anything guilty to be associated with it. It's not a guilty pleasure. It is a genuine pleasure, a genuine treat, something that I love, but also something that I think if you tell certain people, they may not know what it is. Mm-hmm. If you tell certain people within the know, they might roll their eyes and be like, oh, you would say that. And that's not enough of a reason not to give it just overall hands down no contest pick of the year 
The reason I, I can't make it the head and the heart. <laughs> There's a band for you. <laughs> the reason I can't Did Tanner make write it, this episode? Right? It's sponsored by Tanner and his taste in music. <laughs> the, the reason it's not my unanimous overall pick is simply because I can't be objective about it. So I tried to make an objective pick, but then talk about something that I love that mm-hmm. took my life by storm. And without further ado, it is Illuminati Hotties, Let Me Do One More. That is my personal heart of hearts album of the year. Mm-hmm. The DIY aesthetic, the story behind it, the simplicity of it, but also like innovating simplicity. This, this tender punk genre that she's created. There's the recognizable punk elements, but again, it's not married to a strict punk ethos, much like Turnstile. Mm-hmm. She can put her own stamp on it, and it's coming from a place of love instead of anti-establishment and anti-corporatism and stuff like that. So this is just an album where Sarah Tudson took a lot of chances, wasn't afraid to get weird with it, let herself shine, made this her calling card, mm-hmm. and it's starting to pick up steam. And for reference to people, I wound up in the top 1% of Illuminati Hotties <laughs> listeners for the year. It was She was my number three artist of the year, and the album came out in October. Yeah. So if that tells you anything about how much I love Illuminati Hotties and how much I fucking love Let Me Do One More, should be obvious to you, this is my album of the year. Yeah, excellent 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 album i absolutely love that one i'm so glad that you had sent me that one to do for an episode and for one just the name was awesome i was going to be down for it just because they were called illuminati hotties you know i just think that's such a clever name but then when i listened to the first song i was like oh fuck yeah this is going to be my kind of album and i think it deserved some flowers on this episode so it, it, it definitely got some flowers i'm really looking forward to seeing what Sarah Tudson does next whether it's music or anything else I'm really looking forward to seeing what she does next yeah same I'll be curious to see like who she produces too you know because that's her her first love was producing other people but she's so fucking good at her own stuff yeah yeah she had to she had to step out on her own like imagine if this never came out she was just helping other people do this kind of stuff and this never existed it's not a world I want to live in yeah, maybe we would have picked Donda's album of the year. <laughs> it would have been a dark, dark side of the universe we'd been stuck in at that point. Yep. Ugh, ugh. Wow, that does it for the awards for best of 2021 from Out on That Line. It has been a quite a year. I mean, it's still in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, I think that's probably going to be the case for the next three years, given how uh, I think half of New York City is is reinfected with COVID now. Um, it's just a, a really, really good time to be alive, but we appreciate y'all being along for the ride. Um, we're looking to make 2022 even better. Um, we, we've learned a lot this year. We've, we've been able to gain a lot of recognition in some areas where we didn't think we would. Our YouTube channel has, has really become pretty popular. And I think that was somewhat unexpected. Um, but I think what it has done really is just kind of fueled our creativity for the other avenues, allowed us, you know, having multiple avenues to, kind of focus on allows you to explore ideas in those avenues that you normally wouldn't have had the time or bandwidth to do. Um, so it's been a really good year. Um, I, I think these best and worst of 2021 picks, I think is a really good synopsis 
of our whole year so far. Yeah, I would agree. Um, this has been fun. I love doing, I had the time of my life doing the best and worst of 2020. Uh, this one was great. I love everything that leads up to it. Uh, it's been, a, you know, everything, like you said, everything, COVID, politics, whatever, that's been a huge bummer. But this has been an island. We've been able to do some cool stuff. We've been able to do some creative stuff with the video. We'll still be doing video stuff for the next week or two. Um, and we'll keep you posted on the official return of the podcast. But with the holidays mm -hmm. coming up and the days on which they land, shit's just going to get too crazy. So we are going to keep up with video content because YouTube does penalize you in the algorithm if you don't mm -hmm. keep putting stuff out there. So we... We still need to post something like twice a week and we want to keep you guys engaged. We don't want to yeah. just like go dark for two weeks, but we are, the podcast will be, this is our, the start of our little breaky poo mm -hmm. until 2022 where I have plenty of ideas I need to share with Jeff about albums we should cover that we didn't get right. to in 2021. It's kind of like how Fiona Apple and Phoebe Bridgers ran into 2021 for us mm -hmm. when they came out in 2020 and we just didn't get a chance to cover them. So there are a couple goodies that I think we didn't get to that we'll discuss and we'll we'll have some really cool shit coming in 2020. I'm encouraged by the growth in the YouTube, especially mm -hmm. the amount of engagement, people coming out of the woodwork and not just like shitting on us, but like asking us to do stuff. Somebody asked us to do a reaction video. Yeah. Like wanted it. Color yeah. me shocked. Yeah. And I did it. By the time this comes out, it will have come out. Excellent. Um, so, yeah, I've had a lot of fun. This has been a great year, a great year for music, and there's more to come in 2022, you guys. Yeah. Thank you for being with us all year. We are looking forward to next year. Keep looking for our stuff on YouTube. Just search hashtag out on that line. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. Um, find us on Twitter, on Instagram, at out on that line. Um, you can f send us an email, out on that line at gmail.com. If you've got some ideas um, of some albums that we didn't cover, that came out in 2021 that you want to make sure you hear us cover. I mean, I can't imagine there's going to be a ton of brand new stuff coming out in January of 2022 enough, <laughs> at least for us to do a bunch of podcasts about it. So we're going to have to dip in to that 2021 bank. Um, so if y'all have something that you think we missed this year, tell us um, we're looking to start off strong next year. Um, like I said, check out those videos. We're going to keep posting the video content through the end of the year, but we will be taking you'll probably end up being, what, about two weeks off. Um, so don't miss us too much. Use that time wisely. Let us know what you want to hear. You've got plenty of time. Just let us know on your favorite, whatever your favorite social media is. Comments on YouTube, Instagram, whatever it might be. But Alex, is there anything else that you have to say in 2021 on the Out on That Line podcast? Okay. I would be remiss in my duty if I didn't get one last Frank Zappa in here before we take our little <laughs> hiatus. And folks, we'll see you next year. Bye.